Welcome to Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema Live from Grand Fork's Best Source. I am Icky Ichabod, and this is my weird, weird, weird world. So, right. before we get to that, we'll uh, have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, uh, that's right. We are super stoked to talk about our first Quentin Tarantino movie here on Weird Cinema. Yep. Uh, you'll see the, you see the image behind us for those watching the video version. It is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Whoa, my swivel chair is swiveling all over the place. But before we get around to doing that, we want to make sure to talk about our friends at Rumors Sports Bar and Casino, where they are the place to go to right now. We got March Madness just wrapping up, or actually the Final Four going on this weekend. And then you also have all kinds of sports going on. NBA, NHLs in the final stretch. They got wall wall TVs there. Over 30 TVs. All kinds of lunch and dinner specials every day. On Friday, it is your $8 any pizza. So make sure you stop in there and get a pizza. I love their Sloppy Joes there. You can't go wrong with their Sloppy Joes. And you can't forget about their legendary beer towers. All tons of good stuff going on at Rumor Sports Bar and Casino, including gaming like bingo, blackjack. And coming up on Saturday, April 1st, They'll have their 701 Freeze Out Texas Hold'em Tournament. And BT, uh, the owner of Rumor Sports Bar Casino, was a guest in this GFBS studio a few weeks ago talking about that poker tournament if you want to find out more details. So Rumor Sports Bar Casino, make sure to come in and check them out. They're located right in the Grand Cities Mall across the hall from us. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Pizza uh, sounds good. Pizza is always good. What's your, what's your go-to pizza topping? Uh, probably sausage, uh, mushrooms, and green peppers. That's, you know, that's a unique combo. I never hear of anyone saying, uh, I thought it was going to be sausage and pepperoni. That's kind of like a go-to. Either or, that or I like pineapple and Canadian bacon. Yeah, Hawaiian. Okay, yep. Uh, I agree with you there. I do like Hawaiian, Canadian bacon, and pineapple. It's, you know, it's a very surprisingly divisive topic over the last, like, decade or so. You, if you tell people you like pineapple on pizza, some people just give you the evil eyes. Yeah. Do you run into that sometimes when ordering pizza with friends? Sometimes. Yeah. Well, what people I, I, I know don't uh, usually give you as evil eyes with, at least when I talk to people who love movies, is Quentin Tarantino movies. He, exactly. He's one of my favorite directors. How about for you? I was the creepy Tarantino film student in college. Did they have a whole chapter on Tarantino films or like week or? No, we were doing, it was a class called Film and Literature. And we had to read books and then watch the film. But when I was in, it wasn't part of the curriculum. But when I, when I was in that class, class I read the strip, the script to Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, that yeah, his first movie. Now, we're I think that one of the reasons uh, this movie is also the selection for today is just last week Quentin Tarantino announced the title for his last movie that he'll be directing. He's always said for many many years he's only going to direct ten films. And this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was his ninth film. And he said the title for his next film is going to be called The Movie Critic. Well, here's something funny about Tarantino. He didn't go to film school. His, for, his for, skill wasn't his film school like a, v, a VHS rental store? Yes, it was Blockbuster or something like that. I, think, I want to say it was like a mom-pa store. He'd just watch movies all day, get his curriculum that way, the old-fashioned way. That's how, that's how I get where I, I am today. And, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino, he, I believe he grew up in the L.A. Hollywood area. Yeah. So, and he likes, he likes spaghetti westerns and crime films because if you can ever know, and, and kung fu films. Because if you've ever seen his film, there's always like a kung fu scene and there's always a, like a people like ripping people off, ripping banks off. And 
He likes spaghetti westerns, as you can tell from Django. Yeah, and uh, like that background is actually a, a good segue for today's movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because he used what he grew up with for uh, kind of like the whole premise for this movie and mixing in his take on alternate history, just like he did with uh, his alternate take on history with Inglorious Bastards, his film before this. So here, this movie is set in 1969 at the in the final years of, of Hollywood's golden age. So it's focused on, you can see the people behind us in the studio the there. Tate. Yeah. It's basically a retelling of the Tate LaBianca story, but it's from the, the point of view of the neighbor. Yeah, the fictitious uh, neighbor played by Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Playing the fictitious actor Rick Dalton, who he, he's kind of living off his past success. He was a big star in the 50s TV show. You, you liked how they portrayed in here, right? Yeah. A bount- Bounty Law, right? Bounty Law. And. You know, he was kind of like put into these parts afterwards, you know, and he's kind of like losing his career. And he says he hates Italian films, but in the movie he goes and goes to Italy and makes a bunch of Italian films. Yeah, that's kind of a little later in the movie because like he's like kind of just, like I said, clinging to his past success. Like he's picking up, yeah, things aren't going the greatest. He's, He's picking up whatever like guest star of the week TV roles he can. Apparently he tried, they have a nice little setup in the intro where they're like, oh, you know, he tried to uh, make a go of it coming off his TV hit Western show of the 50s and making a go of it in Hollywood, but had all these failed film attempts. So now he's back to just doing whatever TV shows will take him. I like the dog. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're you're going to sit there and you're going to wait. And if you don't, you're not getting fed or something like that. Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. He plays uh, uh, Mr. Cliff Booth. Which is Leonardo DiCaprio's stunt double in the movie. Kind of is like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's best bud at stunt double for like the past decade and his driver getting him around town because DiCaprio's character had one too many DUIs. And so... Sounds he, like Justin Bieber. Yeah. So how how do you like the relationship that they portray between Booth and Dalton in here? I like it. Like the, you could tell, it seems like these guys have been. You could tell they've they've traveled the roads together for about the decade they established in here. I just love how their relationship. They're just like, just this super, you know, just thicker than blood, just uh, unofficial family member, uh, just yeah, blood brothers almost. <laughs> I like who you know they got a really good guy to play Roman Polanski in this film. Yeah, they have such a huge cast in here. Um, I do want to mention too. This is you know speaking of Brad Pitt playing this role. He finally got his first Oscar for this role here for Best Supporting Actor for uh, playing uh, Mr. Cliff Booth here. He finally won his first Oscar, Best Supporting Actor. You know what I don't get? This movie is supposed to be about, like, Charlie Manson and that, but you see Charlie Manson for, like, two seconds. Yeah, yeah. I I think we'll kind of get there, too, because, yeah, speaking of alternate history, you know, the third kind of i wouldn't say lead more of a supporting role she's she's only in the movie for just bits and pieces you can see dancing in the background there's one margot robbie portraying sharon tate kind of the emerging actress has a few films under her belt so it looks like bigger and better things are ahead uh wife of R- roman polanski uh acclaimed director now kind of blackballed director but this was before that all happened well, here, here's the thing I think is funny. You always, you know, when uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio's stunt double, I forget his name, is going around town, he always sees these, these like, hippie chicks just, you know, walking around. Yeah, he's cruising. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's just cruising town with a killer soundtrack, by the way. There are so many great songs yeah, in, there in, are. In, in this. I agree with you. I wrote down a few. We got The Box Tops, Bob Seger, Los Bravos, Rolling Stones, Vanilla Fudge. <laughs> so many good songs in the Vanilla soundtrack. Vanilla Fudge? Yep, but the, the song played by them is You Keep Me Hanging On. Yeah. So they, I, I, I did a look up on the soundtrack, yeah. And a lot of times they're just cruising and they and Brad Pitt or is driving Leo around or just kind of out driving doing errands for Rick Dalton and and it's got that late 60s rock uh soundtrack going on it's it's just a banging soundtrack all around yeah so you bring up the cast this is quite the cast what are what are some of those prize castings you, you, you thought I didn't really here? pay attention to the people who played them okay yeah so this is this is a long enough movie that you know, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll mention here as we go along here, it's just under three hours. A lot of Tarantino movies are pretty on the longer side because they're very dialogue heavy. Well, that's why I was kind of, you know, like a little apprehensive about doing a Tarantino film because it takes so long to watch. I mean, I don't mind doing one of those every once in a while. Um, I, I just brought it up there for one to do, and you said you're all for it. I'm like, hey, do you consider Tarantino movies weird? And so, what 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 about Tarantino movies? Do you consider that make them? I weird? like the ultra violence. Yeah, you did ask me, is there any ultra violent or gory scenes in here? And I'm sure we'll get to it here in a bit. I'm like, I, I think there's one scene that will satisfy your 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 <laughs> will satisfy your Let's appetite just there. Say <laughs> it, if you watch the movie, it goes back to one of the TV shows or movies that Leonardo DiCaprio's character was in. And it revolves around white supremacists. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a little uh, yeah preview for you. But so you you get uh, kind of as the move, movie goes along here, you get DiCaprio or Rick Dalton just try, trying to strive to get whatever work he can get, and he finally uh, he's finally on the set for he's like the heavy for this one movie, and the director who's playing uh, like. Uh, I think Steve McQueen is that the Hollywood director, I think right? So. Yeah, uh, he's he, he disguises uh, Rick Dalton up, wears this, this scruffy, scraggly-looking cowboy. You don't recognize him, and he's he's just encouraging Rick Dalton to go for it all. And throughout this set, it's kind of interspersed throughout. You get uh, uh, all these like A-list or almost A-list Hollywood stars doing small, so extended cameo appearances. You get Timothy Oliphant. You also get Luke Perry. They're like supporting actors in this cowboy movie that uh, Rick Dalton is playing a heavy on. And, these, and he's doing these awesome exchanges, filming scenes with them. And there's even one scene where they have uh, Rick Dalton flubbing a line, and, and they, they just have him rolling with it, and, and Rick Dalton trying to get back in the Hollywood mindset and, uh, and, and redo the line. And it all lo- builds up to him. Uh, redeeming himself and just absolutely knocking it out of the park where he nails this line where he's holding this uh, little uh, girl hostage and uh, just absolutely delivers his big monologue against the hero and just and what how did you like how that all went about i like the part when he's like messing up his line and he goes back to his trailer and just starts swearing at the mirror yeah yeah it's yeah i i absolutely love how like quentin tarantino masters just the art of dialogue in movies. Uh, 
for some other movies, you wouldn't think that would take more than like a half a minute to set up just uh, to foreshadow other scenes going ahead or to set up the next scene. Tarantino will give the time to make the scene breathe, let the dialogue breathe, even if it takes five, several minutes for it to get to the get to its point, just because the characters do so many little things that make it seem like it's like a, almost a real life conversation. Like I don't know if you picked up on this, like you know Rick Dalton. What did you, did you notice his little mannerisms when he's talking? Yeah, and I got something to say about that dialogue thing. Why do I have to be Mr. Pink? Oh well, yeah, it's a nice callback to Tarantino's first film. Yeah, yeah, that's another one that opens with some killer dialogue. Uh, but yeah. So, like, Rick Dalton's, or Leo's character, he does this little stutter when he talks, where he seems a little unsure of himself, and he's got a lot of little nervous tics, like fidgeting, and, yeah, I absolutely just love those little things that go a long way. Yeah, nice applause. (laughs) So, you kind of mentioned in here, too, you get the whole Charles Manson element here, too, where this is where you get the alternate history with, you know, Sharon, Sharon Tate, you know, Margot Robbie's ca- character. She's the victim of the Charles Manson cult murders. Yes. So what did you think of, you kind of get introduced to the whole Manson cult, not really Manson himself. Like you said, Manson is only in one scene very, very briefly for just like a quick minute in, in the he's film. Lo- he's looking for someone at, who supposedly lived at Sharon Tate's house. Yeah, he's, or he's like, it looks like he's kind of like scouting the property. Yeah. And there is actually a deleted scene where he does have another interaction, like a two or three minute dialogue scene with another uh, person on the property trying to look for this person too. But that got cut from the film. But uh, yeah, but you do get you get Brad Pitt giving one of those hippie girls a ride. And what what do you make about how he gets introduced to all the characters at the was it Spawn Ranch, right? Yeah, I don't know. That was one of the aspects you wanted to bring up for the how, what you thought of, right? Well, you know, he gets he gets mad and. Wants to go see George Spawn because they they think that uh, she they're using him and they get into a big fight and one of the guys gets his the tire to his car flattened. He, someone stabs the tire to the car and then he he goes all crazy and starts hitting this hippie. Yeah, he tells him to fix it because he's laughing in his face that he. He slashed his tire, and, and he's like, you got to fix it. And he's just laughing him, telling him to, you know, screw off. And Brad Pitt would have none of it, and he just smashes his face in. There's a lot of face smashing in this movie. Yeah. So, and then there's another good, awesome little extended cameo. We get, you know, another just Hollywood icon, Mr. Bruce Dern. Uh, just, you know, he's kind of like the the owner of the ranch, and kind of have these people are, these the Manson cult family members are kind of taking advantage of him for the property because he's kind of in his Dern's character is in his twilight years, and the and then the the family members are quote unquote taking care of him. You know, you know who's really big in Tarantino films? Who's that? Uma Thurman mm-hmm. and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, both Kill Bills. Samuel L. Jackson was uh, gosh, was that Django Unchained, right? Django yep. and Pulp Fiction. And Pulp Fiction, yeah. It's, I always like how he ha- brings back characters. And, and Michael Madsen, another one, he has a very small cameo in this one, too. I, I just love all the callbacks to actors, either first time in here or repeat past, past uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino favorites. So we kind of get towards the final act of the film where uh, you find out, you, you kind of alluded to how Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, they go overseas to Italy to film a few spaghetti westerns, right? Yep. And when they get back, Dalton is, he's married now, right? Yes. 
So what did you think of how they get back and they set up? They want, you know, Dalton wants to have a married life now, so he's not going to be best buds with uh, Cliff Booth anymore, but they plan one more epic night out to kind of end things on a high note, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... So then you have the big final scene where they get back home after, you know, going out, having a night out. The hippies are kind of trying, are parking their car outside of the house. And he's like freaking out. He goes, well, what are you doing here? And stuff like that. And basically uh, they decide to go in uh, Rick Dalton's house instead of the Tate house. Yeah. But that's a big mistake. Yeah, because they, they, they come back and they see Cliff Booth is there instead, He's and he's tripping off an acid-dipped cigarette. Yeah, I was going to say that. But. <laughs> oh, man. So, And it's funny because you get this moment where the three Manson cult family members are confronting Cliff Booth, and, uh, and then and Booth is, you know, he's in his little trip, and he's just kind of laughing at them all, and then he sticks a dog on him. <laughs> yeah. And then how do you like how Cliff, Cliff, it's a tongue twister, Cliff Booth's line of defense against the, the, the Manson family members here? Well, he bashes this one lady's face in. Well, first he chucks a can of dog food at this one lady, right? Yeah. And just beeline to the face, teeth smashed in. <laughs> uh, so it gets pretty gruesome, right? It does, and then the end, when the ultraviolence really occurs, she goes out and uh, one of the characters is in the pool and she can't see because her face got smashed in. And then he takes a flamethrower. Yeah, because they actually do a little foreshadowing where uh, Rick Dalton's character in one of his old movies he shot, he used a flamethrower, and he still had it all these years later. Yes. So, yeah, they, they took care of the Manson family members there. And the Tates lived. And the Tates lived. It's kind of like this Tarantino alternate history. Now, what did, what do you think of uh, when, when you saw this happen? Did you, did you think when the scene trans, was about to transpire that he was just going to recreate history? or were you Yeah, or, I thought so. Or did, were you ready for, like, that Tarantino curveball? Yeah, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. How, how did you like how it all played out? I liked it. Yeah. I, it was a very crowd-pleasing uh, moment, seeing them get their uh, comeuppance, you know, knowing, that what hap- knowing what actually happened, seeing this alternate take that happened. You know, it couldn't help but feel, you know, like, you know, this is what should have happened all along. I like Muppets. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I, I, I you know, just like in Glorious Bastards, I loved how that final alternate history scene took place in the, in the theater there at the play. And then just this, like you said, how this alternate history played out and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, very, very, very just gratifying seeing everyone gets their just desserts, even, and get Rick Dalton rocking that flamethrower. I like desserts. Yeah, just desserts, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Margot Robbie, not a big role in her. She's kind of in the back. There's one big scene for her where she kind of watches herself in a movie. She buys a ticket to the movie she's in. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, overall, final thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I liked it. Yeah. How would you say it ranks among the Tarantino pyramid of his other films? I, I like uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, um, From Dust Till Dawn, this one, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2. Um, I forget the other one. Oh, yeah, you got Jackie Brown. I didn't like Jackie Brown. 
Oh, yeah, I like Jackie Brown. Yeah, I think the only ones I, I think I need to rewatch them. It's been a long time. The only ones I, I of Tarantino's films I don't remember being just having a super good uh, feelings for was the Kill Bill movies. Uh, but I like those movies. It's just they were just you know they could have ended better. But I haven't seen them since they first came out, so maybe a rewatch could do them better justice all these years later. Now, what? gosh, almost over two decades later, time flies. But would you say this is top-tier Tarantino, middle-tier, or is still worth watching? Uh, middle-tier, but it's worth watching, though, if you're a Tarantino fan. I I, I consider this, uh, you know, I took a look at my, this came out in 2019. I'm a, I'm a movie nerd, so I always keep, for like about a decade, I always keep track of all the movies I see each year. And then I do like a top 10 list that I update throughout the year. And, you know, I was looking at my top 10 of 2019 list on my little Word doc file at home. And sure enough, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite movie of 2019. Absolutely love this movie. I give it the highest of recommendations. Just like you said, though, Icky, just make sure you got the time to set aside for it because it is a bit of a watch. Yeah. And Ron Tomatoes got an aggregate score of 85%. From the critics, audience, 70%. Uh, budget it was it said on Wikipedia between ninety and ninety six million, but box office three hundred seventy seven point four million dollars. Won two Oscars, like we already mentioned, Brad Pitt for best supporting actor, and it also won best production design. So those are some fun facts about the movie there. So uh, I guess before we wrap things up with a preview for next next week, uh, and we've got some plugs too to get out of the way. Uh, we're going to have a quick word from our friends at Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Okay, before we preview next week's episode, just some other GFBS shows going on earlier this week. Make sure to check out the interview of the week for Monday, where we had on Lee Bajeski and Dave Regala talking about the upcoming Prime Steel Car Show on the GFBS Monday interview, and catch yesterday's Fork Sports Highway that wraps up its in-depth March Madness coverage and previews the fast-approaching NBA and NHL playoffs. Those are just over a dozen, two of over a dozen shows we release every week. You can find on gfbestsource.com or by searching GFBS on your favorite podcasts, streaming, or social media apps. Don't forget, for easy access to past Weird Cinema episodes, go to weirdcinema.podbean.com. Icky, I believe Weird Wrestling is back in the rotation next week, right? It is. It is. Any any sneak peek for what to expect for the return? No, you're going to have to tune in. Send us home, Icky. Stay weird, Grand Forks.